Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Never short of topics, and here we go, especially when you cover the University of Tennessee. The ball is still very public. Welcome to the program about a potential NCAA investigation and them just going all crazy on the NCAA, suing them in court. And uh, we've got plenty, plenty, plenty to get to. Also, it seems to me uh, that the comparison between Nico Ia Maleava continues to be made between Cam Newton. I don't see it. I've seen it a couple of times out there. But anyway, and then Boston College head coach Jeff Huffley leaves uh, his coordinator job to take a job in the NFL. Let me tell you, this is this is this is going to be an issue if you're Tim Banks and you you like what you do in terms of the way you put together a defense, wouldn't you rather not have to recruit all of the time, including recruiting your own players back, uh, recruiting transfers? It's a terrible, terrible calendar for these college players. So we'll discuss the concern that Tennessee and other schools are going to have to keep college coaches in tow. It's exciting to get to the program on a Friday. Hope you have a fantastic weekend, big weekend plan, depending on when you're listening. Maybe you had a great weekend. And my, oh my, what a week it has been before we uh, get off and rolling. Caleb, if I'd have made something up in my wildest dreams as far as Tennessee and content creation, I mean, maybe it would have been Tennessee gets two or three five stars or maybe even something crazy like Nico transfers or um, I could come up with a million things. How about Dalton Connect becomes the best scorer uh, in the nation and the best since Bernard King. That would have been pretty good. But we have this continued Tennessee NCAA drama and I'm just really taken aback by looking on social media and see how wide and varied the opinions are and how passionate people are about this uh, situation. It has been some sort of week, has it not? It has. It has. It's been crazy. It's been a lot of fun. Um, And now Dave is uh, in a very fancy, his very fancy living room office, and he's going to speak. I am. This is. So this is move day. So those of uh, you that are on uh, on right now, we appreciate that because you're our uh, most loyal uh, listeners. Hit the like and su- subscribe button. We greatly appreciate that. Yeah. So uh, this is move day. So after living in Chattanooga for, uh, I guess, uh, seven years, six years, uh, moving back to Knoxville. And this is the way I move is I schedule SEC media days around moves. So my wife takes care of it. So um, I did that three times in my life. And with this particular one, she goes, you know, I've just decided after those three, I don't want you around. 
So just go get away. So I'm, I'm doing the show in the uh, in, in the mom's house today and we'll be back in new house on Monday. So hit the like and subscribe button if you like my background, which does look rather studious, doesn't it? Again, where I need your jacket and pipe. I need your pipe and I need you to be like, you know, talking very fancy and very cultured, you know, and it's. Uh... Well, but you don't know what's in the pipe. <laughs> What is it, crack? Right. <laughs> I was thinking maybe, maybe something, I don't know. Brought to you by our friends at the Hemp House. The Hemp House, the premier <laughs> hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best in CBD or Delta products. Go to Hemp House Chat with two Ts. Hemp House Chat with two Ts. Here we go. It's today's tough question. It's brought to you by Rick Terry Jewelry Design. Danny Watt fires back uh, after Don Day Plowman, fires back after the lawsuit. What did you make of Danny White having to get involved from a public perspective, Caleb? He basically called the NCAA gigantic hypocrites. He went more nuclear on them than Don Day Plowman did. And I'm going to just read a couple of quotes from what Danny White said. The let, let's You know what, Dave? I kind of want to parse this each spot because it's so crazy. That and it's so accurate, and he nailed him. So let's just start with the first one. You give me. You how about when, this? Let's do this. Let's do this. You give me one. I give you my response. You respond, and then we'll we'll bounce through these. I like it. Okay. You remember when the NCAA said two days ago we do we generally do not comment on investigations in their response. Remember when they said that? Except when we get sued. Yes, I remember that. Yes, Danny White comes today or yesterday, and he goes, "Quote the NCAA." does not comment on infraction cases and he highlighted that in bold and then he said because there was a rule against it however that has not stopped them in the past from leaking information to the media as they did this week about us he's going out right and saying they're trying to publicly humiliate tennessee isn't he and he's saying they're violating protocol to do it okay and i'm gonna read it a step further this is the ncaa that's concerned they don't have a leg to stand on legally that's that's my immediate impression so Move forward. What's the next one? All right. Their actions made this ill-conceived investigation public and forced us to defend ourselves. It is clear that the NCAA staff does not understand what is happening at the campus level all over the country in the NIL space. What they're implying there is as dastardly as they come because they are an imply they are implying a leak at the uppermost levels of the NCAA. If this was a guy that was lower on the chain that leaked this to Pat Forty, that would be one thing. But they're saying this is upper level leaking, which is an orchestrated effort to make an example out of Tennessee. I don't know why, but that's what that means right there. That is exactly what he is implying. So let's get to the next comment. I want to remind you, Rick Terry Jewelry Design, they want to be your jeweler looking for affordable game day jewelry. How about the Fire Opals? A Tennessee tradition, rickterryjewelry.com. RickTerryJewelry.com. What else do you got for me there, my man, Caleb? All right, now this is a big one that I'm reading right here. Here's This is Danny White still speaking, guys. Quote, after reviewing thousands of Tennessee coach and personnel phone records, NCAA investigator, investigators didn't find a single NIL violation. So they moved the goalpost to fit a predetermined outcome. They are stating that the nebulous, contradictory NIL guidelines written by the NCAA, not the membership, don't matter, and applying the old booster bylaws to collectives. 
Right. So they are changing a collective into a booster so that it, it fits their drive and what they're trying to do. Not until this week have we even really compared the two. To me, a collective was a businessman that had some interest in the school and wanted to help out. But ultimately, what did he care about? A profit. A booster is somebody that either wants to help his university, its athletic department, or wants to essentially, what do they call it, whitewash, maybe a reputation just to get his name out there. That, that, that This is different from somebody that runs a collective. At least it should be. Now, in fairness to the NCAA's stance, Aspire's a booster, right? They're not sending kids to any other school. So I'm going to call a little bit of shenanigans on that comment, but I see where he's coming from. What's next? Yeah, the thing I wanted to add, the thing with me was the statement before where he said that they, he, according to Danny White, they found nothing that violates, that, that Tennessee did that violated rules in place at the time. So that's why they moved the goalpost to retroactively go at Tennessee. He's right. saying that they had. Well, no, sorry. by moving the goalposts, he's talking about turning collectives into boosters. Yes, that's true. You're right. Which he's okay. saying they are, he's saying they're working backwards from wanting to catch Tennessee. Is what well, he's claiming. He is. He is. And it's dastardly. Again, I don't know why I use that word twice. I never use that word. But here's the issue, guys, on the message board. And tell me if you think I'm wrong is um, it, they're allowed to go through all of this stuff. And instead of addressing it at the time, I basically just figured out this very second why Tennessee was in the crosshairs. Literally. So I'm going to share it with you, Caleb. And you, you can tell me if I'm wrong. And God knows you've never been afraid to do so. I believe Tennessee's in the crosshairs. Why? Because the NCAA just got open books on them. Um, they want to find a way to put guardrails on NIL. They know Tennessee has had contact with Nico and other players in NIL. They know all of those things happen. So this is the easy way. In sales, they call it low-hanging fruit. If you've got a buddy that owns a business and he needs to advertise, it's low-hanging fruit. So instead of digging into another program, they already have that information. Boom, bango. I've wondered why Tennessee was the school they would go after all week. That's why. Because they already have stacks of info that you can twist and turn by saying a collective is a booster and you got Tennessee in their minds dead to rights. Tell me I'm wrong. No, that makes the most sense. They already had a bunch of information and they could have gone at them. But as Danny White's about to point out, and this is the big one too, Danny White says, if this is the case, which is if we're going to make collectives count as boosters now, then 100% of the major programs in college athletics have significant violations. This is obviously well, silly and not productive and is blaming the membership when they are challenged. Well, he, he is right. And that comment came across with some people, some very esteemed people that I know we think a lot of, and I, I don't call out other people in the media, but I'm talking about guys that write for big time publications saying that you're using everybody else's doing this card, but they are. I mean, this is like getting a, can I just be honest with you on the drive from Chattanooga to uh, uh, Knoxville early this morning, Dave Hooker may have gotten a speeding ticket. Okay. But my argument wasn't at the time everybody's driving cars. I mean, so, but everybody is driving cars. So I, that, that, that's the difference to me in what Danny Watt is trying to point out. 
everybody really is doing it, Caleb. It's not a situation with Albert Means where maybe some people are paying for players and some people aren't. This is standard operating procedure in this era of NIL. So, no, I mean, yes, everybody, that's, that's analogous to saying everybody is using the forward pass, Caleb. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is. I mean, it's it's basically saying that the, the NCAA is arbitrarily determining something's a rule, a rule that makes no sense. And then they're specifically coming at Tennessee when everybody else is doing it. But this isn't really even a rule. You are arbitrarily applying something. Um, if you know, it's I, I agree. And 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 the next thing he says, and again, he is going way out at him. He says, quote, we need to be spending our time and energy on solutions to better organize college athletics in the NIL era, something that NCAA leadership failed to do back in 2021. Student athletes, prospective student athletes, coaches, and administrators across the country deserve better. And I refuse to allow the NCAA to irrationally use Tennessee as an example for their own agenda. That was how he finished it. Preach. Preach, brother. I love it. Those were four points brought to you by Four Downs. Uh, Four Downs, I got to remind you, man, they are fantastic uh, at Dynasty Spas because they got four seasons covered. The best spas, Dynasty Pools and Spas, has their brand new showroom open in Athens with the best hot tubs and spas on the market delivery. They've got that and amazing discounts for first responders. Uh, We're going to talk about Nico here in just a minute. Uh, But again, Dynasty Pools and Spas, you can order their chemicals, no fillers, best. Again, local east tennessee so support local dynasty pools and spas.com did you see the video circulating where the uh, uh, radio guy was having trouble pronouncing nico's name and god knows i've i've done that um but did you did you see the video um about them struggling to pronounce his name and pat 40 was on there too and i'm curious how that struck you no, I did not see that. I need to watch that. <laughs> I don't want to all out say that it was kind of racist, but it was kind of racist. Um, it was a little racist because it, it we're past the point where, listen, I can make a mistake and I can say Nico Imalava and make an honest mistake. I've done it a, a lot. And I I don't think that that was the case here. I think they were having fun with a name that sounded different. So would it have been okay with Shamiqua Holds Claw to say, oh, that's Shamiqua or Shamiqua or however they pronounce it now? That wouldn't have been right, would it? No, that wouldn't have been right at all. That wouldn't no. have been right at all. Okay, um, now you have another point on Danny White that I want to get to. Four downs brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. This is the most interesting point I thought of what Danny White had to say, 60 seconds, dynasty, pools, and spas right there in Athens, Tennessee. And having the best spas made right here in the United States of America in your backyard. Dynasty Pools and Spas, their showroom is open in Athens right off the interstate. You can stop by and check out the best hot tubs and spas in the market. And delivery, yes, they can do that. It's Knoxville or Chattanooga. They've got complete support spa cover and chemicals to keep your spa bubbling at its best. They also have pool chemicals as well. Dynasty pools and spas, amazing discounts for first responders, military, and even some blemish models that can save you a ton, and no one will ever notice. Mention Off the Hook Sports, get $500 off. Mention Off the Hook Sports, get $500 off. 
Dynasty Pools and Spas. Go to DynastyPoolsAndSpas.com or stop by that showroom in Athens. DynastyPoolsAndSpas.com. Dynasty Pools and Spas. Okay, so fourth down is Danny Watt said what? No, this is, I mean, this is beyond the four downs now. This is my take on just the whole NCAA and what's happening, what Danny White's really saying, because I want to really break this down for you guys. And it, a lot of the hate for the NCAA, and Dave, you've been covering the college football for years, and you know this. A lot of the time, the hate for the NCAA is traditionally mob mentality. I hate them, but I can't explain why, right? There's been a lot of that over history. Like, people will complain, and then you sit them down, and you ask them, well, what do you think they should fix? And then they can't give you anything. Right. That's that's traditionally the hate for the NCAA, isn't it? Yes. Mob mentality. That's what they're trying to cash in on here. They're trying to cash in on saying we have a lot of people on our show and everywhere else that and and you've heard it, Dave, that say NIL needs to be regulated. NIL needs to be this. NIL needs to be that. I think you and I have been consistent. They shouldn't touch NIL. It shouldn't be regulated at all. Right. They should be allowed to make whatever they can make on the open market period in the story. Go for it. Like. Yes, but you agree that a lot of a lot of fans want this want want the wild wild west to be contained. The NCAA is trying to make you think that you are a hypocrite for getting mad at them for coming at Tennessee when you also think NIL should be regulated. Now, if you think NIL should be regulated, I totally disagree with you. But you're not a hypocrite because what they want you to think is that this is against the backdrop of the idea that they haven't changed rules and retroactively applied them consistently since what is it? They've like really since what about 2016, they've been rapidly changing rules every year to try to get ahead, to try to keep up. And they really just fell behind. Yes. No, I, the, the NCAA has been way behind. They're way behind on this too. Um, on the message board, people are asking what's Pat Forty's problem with uh, Tennessee. I will tell you that a lot of media members, not just Pat Forty, and if, if you want to, you can say you're right by not allowing him to be hired, comes from the Greg Schiano thing. There are a lot of national media members. I'm not going to call out Pat Forty because I choose not to call out individual media members that will sit around at, uh, let's say, SEC Media Days functions. And when the cameras aren't around, they'll say, those Tennessee fans, man, that ball Twitter, they're, they're absolutely through the roof. So could he be one of those? He certainly could. Hit the like button. Hit it right now. And take a second, because I'm going to tell you a story. And if you haven't subscribed, do that now. Because take a second. My wife and I laying in bed last night, and what are we thinking of? We're thinking of Caleb. So we want to watch, (laughs) because I've been talking about his videos, and this one was on Nick Saban. I learned all kinds of things about Nick Saban I never knew about. If you don't have your notifications on, we haven't come up with a clever name. We're open to that as well. Caleb's Corner has been kicked around, but we got Hooker's Corner as our giveaway uh, promotion. So I don't know if that's going to work, but it is phenomenal. If you go back and watch some of those videos, you'll I learned stuff about Nick Saban that I never knew before. And Shanda, was my, my wife was like, oh my gosh, he really did an incredible job. So Kudos to you. It's reason enough right here, right now, to make sure you subscribe and turn the notifications on. And then we get to, what the H? Uh, you may notice I don't have all my elements as it's uh, time to move. But tell me what Jackson Lampley had to say, Caleb. So Tennessee football offensive lineman Jackson Lampley has filed a six-page declaration 
in a lawsuit in support of the state of Tennessee and Virginia. So he has joined athletic director Danny White and Spire Sports co-founder James Clawson as defendants in a lawsuit against the NCAA. Tennessee and Virginia, as you guys know, are suing after news broke the NCAA would investigate Tennessee. Tennessee, Those two states are suing over the fact that NIL being used, a, a ban on NIL used as recruiting tools is a blatant violation of antitrust. Spoiler alert, it's a violation of antitrust. Okay. A hundred thousand times over. I, I was actually right before we went to bed and watched Caleb's video, which still sounds weird. I actually was uh, sitting around at the time just before that. And I was thinking the NCAA Tennessee issue. What does Jackson Lampley have to think about that? No, I wasn't. L- listen, this is just silly and goofy. He files this declaration his dad played at Tennessee, is a lawyer, is a Tennessee booster. You have to take everything he says into an account. I've covered a lot of these things. I've never heard of going to the courthouse and giving a voluntary declaration. That was just bizarre. What is Jackson Lampley thinking today? Uh, he goes to the courthouse, has it typed out and put in there so that he can essentially, I thought at first it was going to be negative. And I thought, like, uh oh, this thing's going to explode. It's negative. And he's saying, but that everybody uh, is, is getting money. But what he said, which is pertinent, is that, and again, you don't, I don't think you take him as, as any sort of strong indicator of what's going to happen. But he said every single player he spoke to as a, a host during visits, and I imagine he was a host a lot since he didn't have to worry about, well, I don't know, playing. Um, but he said everyone would ask about their NIL money. Yeah, they should. Wouldn't you? Who would go into a job and say, how much vacation do I get? Do I work from home or where's my office? And okay, take it easy and never discuss how much you're going to get paid. I mean, to think that prospects aren't asking that question in the process and that coaches don't have to answer that is just stupid. Please hit the like button. Your thoughts on, uh, hey, what is Jackson Lampley thinking now? So uh, I want to add a little bit of context. For the record, um, the message board has brought this up. It is true. Jackson Lampley's father, Brad Lampley, is an attorney in Nashville. I'm going to read what Jackson Lampley said. Dave, is there what, what what's the odds that his father wrote this, what I'm about to say? Yes, this is sim- essentially could be, what in the world is Brad Lampley thinking right now? Exactly. So what Jackson Lampley said, quote, The signing of the LOI, which is letter of intent, signals the end of the recruiting process. Once the LOI is executed, competing schools are forbidden from contacting that recruit. While many athletes provide non-binding verbal commitments to a school prior to signing the LOI, that does not necessarily signal the end of the recruitment process. Recruits still have the power to reconsider their commitment, and some recruits make it clear that they are still willing to hear from other schools, thus, poten- thus potentially shopping one opportunity against another. And then he says, in my observation, NIL has become one of the top factors that current recruits consider when determining where to go to school. Exactly what you said. Oh, okay. Now, Smoky Mountain Red, and I love you, says all calculated to keep pouring on. That's true. But what if this opens it up where Jeremy Banks is somewhere and he's like, I think I'll go down to the courthouse and tell him what I think about NIL. 
I, I don't even like how this opens up the floodgates that you can go down and make. Did you even know that you could go to the courthouse and make a declaration towards a lawsuit? I, I've never heard of that. Well, okay. I think where it's relevant is you do, it does help because this is all about players. So it does help to have a player perspective backing you. And I think they picked Jackson Lampley. Look, I'm just going to tell you what this is. His blood runs orange, Caleb. I mean, yes, how you, they see the way he's not going to take this into account. No, they picked Jackson Lampley because his father is an attorney. And let, let's let okay. Can I go a little conspiratorial here for a minute? Not you, never. Could this be almost a? As I've told you guys a thousand times, Tennessee has an issue at left guard. Could this almost be a? I will start you at left guard this year if you go do this for me. Josh Heifel and no. White saying that. I'm no, saying, I'm saying. that kid can't play, man. I'm sorry. No chance. The kid can't play. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, come on. You've seen him out there in garbage, Tom. I'd run Andre Carrig post uh, 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 knee to the club before I'd run Jackson Lampley out there. Uh, well, I'd... basically – he, yeah, the thing that was weird was it was that the, the it would be one thing if Jackson Lampley was coming in to give a player's perspective over how this impacts us in NIL. He basically just talks about the overall landscape of NIL and recruiting. And it's like, okay, first of all, my question, and you would probably have the same question, Jackson Lampley probably had committed to Tennessee by the time he could play football, right? He didn't really go through recruiting. Well, but fallout zones right because he's the GPA booster. I remember one time when Tennessee took a guy, and if you want to, if you want to do the research, you can. It's a three-star prospect, and he was the nephew of one of Tennessee's bigger boosters. There was Haslam, and then there was a second tier of about five guys. And I asked somebody at Tennessee, "Why did you take him?" He goes, "We always need a bag man. It's easy." <laughs> It's easier to get money to. It's easier to get money to current players if you have a guy on the team that has access to a lot of money. I was like, you didn't mean to tell me that, and he goes, that one probably slipped. Two is minutes. that why they take? Curiously, yeah. just is that why they? Because they, you know, the GPA average matters. For, do they take certain players just to up the overall average of the GPA of the team? Uh, I, I no. No, I think, okay, the only smart thing that Derek Dooley says is it's a bell curve, okay? Most of your guys, you want to be good people and you want them to be good football players, but you take a risk on some guys on the right and you take the smarter guys on the left that will help you with your GPA and your team culture. But for the most part, no, they don't take a GPA boosters. And by the way, does anybody, has anybody thought how there hasn't been an academic scandal in college football recruiting in like forever since the North Carolina thing? I mean, what has happened? We're all talking about NIL, and I bet these kids aren't going to class or doing anything. We'll talk more about that, whether they need to go to class, because nobody seems to pay attention. Oh, wait, then- just one last funny thing on this, because yeah. I'm known, I am known as the resident uh, Liberty University hater, but uh, – they they showed a thing on their football team having a 2.96 cumulative team GPA, and they tweeted out and said, "Getting it done in the classroom." I'm like, I don't think a 2.96. I don't think a 2.96 means getting it done in the classroom. That means like hitting the bare minimum of getting out of the classroom. Yeah, I think you, yeah, I think you have to be. Two, I think you have to be 2.5 to be eligible. So it should have been 2.96. Almost everyone eligible. In two minutes, we <laughs> talk Nico after this. Does he get drug into this thing? Unfortunately, yes. I'm going to tell you how and how to avoid it 
uh, in just a matter of moments. Portions of the program brought to you by our friends at Tennessee Cider Company, the original hard cider of the Tennessee Smoky Mountains. Use the promo code HAT to get free swag. That's HAT to get free swag. It's awesome. That's just TNCiderCompany.com is what you need to, need to know. TNCiderCompany.com. Stay tuned. More after this off the hook sports. Sand and saltwater, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers, featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee Vol collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. Have you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product? TriStar Hats Co.? What's that? You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me. Ah, gotcha. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them? Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order $50 or more. Plus, use the promo code HOOKED. With the promo code HOOKED, you get 10% off. That's HOOKED. And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at TriStarHatsCo.com. That's TriStarHatsCo.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to TriStarHatsCo.com for the best quality and customer service. Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code HOOKED. That's HOOKED when I do to save an additional 10% off. TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStarHatsCo is a trademark of TriStar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. Uh, according to Travis, I'm going to throw up after it happens, but Joe is going to be drafted in the first round talking about Joe Milton. I hope he is. I hope nothing but great stuff for him. And uh, supposedly he threw a football 77 miles an hour. Holy sweet gravy. That would be awful. I, I mean, catching a football at 77 miles an hour Oh my gosh. I used used to uh, work with a guy. I was a high school kid and, uh, but he would work out. So I'd work out with a guy that was a triple A baseball pitcher and he'd throw football to warm up. No fun at all. That thing's, you know, it's just coming in so fast. So 77 miles an hour. How does a football go that fast? I would have guessed a fast one would have been 55 or 60. Not that I got 81 and a 75 this morning. But or eighty one in the seventy, but that's not reckless driving, maybe. Yeah, at when I was at Ridgeway, uh, my high school in Memphis, there was a quarterback who actually snapped a guy's finger um, throwing a football. Kid you not? Okay. And I, do you think he'll be drafted, Joe Milton? I think he'll be drafted because there was it, it, it's so hard. You know this, Dave. You know this with Hypel. It isn't Harbaugh and Hypel could not resist his physical tools. It was just so irresistible how physically gifted he is. I thought about this recently, and it's if he throws at 77 miles an hour, Dave, how epic would Joe Milton have been as just a closer for a baseball team? Just come in and throw three fastballs and get us out of the inning. I wonder what Jackson Lampley thinks about Joe's strong arm, because I always wonder 
oftentimes to myself all alone in a dark place. What would Jackson Lampley think right now? <laughs> While um, he's watching videos of me. That's right. He's watching videos. You wait. Oh, honestly, though, honestly, am, am I crazy? Could Joe Milton have been like a closer? I don't think he could be a pitcher for the whole like because he couldn't. He doesn't have enough versatility in his arsenal. But couldn't he be a Mariano Rivera? Come out, throw three, th throw three fastballs, get us out of the inning. Well, there's only one greatest closer of all time, so that's but pretty. Could he be a closer? Could he be Billy Wagner? He could be a lot of things, except for a quarterback. All right, let's talk. Nico. He won't answer my question. Dave is being the ultimate politician. Yes or no? Could Joe Milton be a closer in baseball? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. I Definitely, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to avoid your question. I think he could be a lot of things. I think he could uh, I think he could be a decathlete. I think he could be um, an individual track sports as well. I think he could be a bodybuilder. I think he could be a power lifter. I get if oh, then Dave would watch videos of Joe Milton in bed if he was a bodybuilder. I'm not going to watch pictures of Joe Milton in bed. I'm not going to refer to your videos, which are very good, anymore if you give me a hard time about it. So, <laughs> but the Nick Saban one was uh, fantastic. You know, you benefit from my videos doing well. We're partners in this, bro. Yeah, I'm telling you, my guy here, seriously, though, he, he like broke down um plays and had x's and o's stuff i was blown away man i was uh, really impressed well uh, i learned from you you're the one who taught me about pattern matching and how that and how that worked out so well and by the way that's why peyton struggled so much in the postseason because a lot of teams do pattern matching and you know this dave peyton likes to find weaknesses and defenses but there are really no holes in the secondary when there's pattern matching it's, it's true all right so I want to change gears a little bit. What would Jackson Lampley think about this statement? Um, <laughs> I just thought that was so weird that he went to the courtroom and filed this declaration. I still think I read that and I was like, what am I missing? All right. You're comparing Nico to Cam Newton. Why? What the H? Go ahead. Because I don't have my All sound. Right, so I'm in moving was... process by today, today, everyone. I'm, um, at the moms as my stuff gets moved from Chattanooga to uh, Knoxville. But I look more studious with all these books that uh, my stepfather has probably read, but I have not. But how do you compare Nico and let's go random. How about this? There you go. Nothing like a, a David Baldici Hell's Corner. All right. Green is mirrored, so it doesn't matter. So oh, it's okay. backwards. All right. What do you got for me? Nico and Cam Newton are similar. How? Nico Iamaliava is, to me, could be this year's Cam Newton um, for a couple of reasons. The first, let's just talk ball for a minute. When you talk about quarterbacks created in a lab to run the right system, doesn't get much better than Cam Newton to Gus Malzahn, does it? No, that was perfect. Yeah, that was the most, that was, like, that was a better marriage than Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow, wasn't it? That was the greatest marriage in the history of football, Cam Newton and Gus Malzahn. Uh, I would actually, I, I would take Tebow, but you could argue it either way. I mean, Cam Newton's one year was better than any of Tebow's years at Florida. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought you meant matching the offensive system. I would take Tebow. Oh, okay. So you're yeah. saying that maybe it's more like, it, it was Gus Malzahn and Cam Newton, but it was mostly just Cam Newton, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, that guy, I saw him run the first time and break loose in his fluidity and power and speed. Somebody mentioned Josh, Josh Allen. That's not a bad comparison, except that Josh Allen can play football and play quarterback. Oh, for Joe Milton. For Joe Milton, we're being clear. But except Josh <laughs> Allen also misses easy throws. Stephon Diggs wide open over the middle. Sorry. Um, but, okay, so the reason I bring up Nico and Cam Newton 
is this. Nico is the other quarterback going to a system he was created and allowed to play for. Mm-hmm. It's like Josh Heupel became an evil scientist and went to a lab. And was like, let me design my quarterback. And came out with Nico. And at the same time now, what's happening? Bombshell, his one year starting at Tennessee, that he's he could be in some NCAA trouble. Or the school could be in some NCAA trouble for issues revolving around him. Well, wasn't Auburn in NCAA trouble for issues revolving around Cam Newton? You're even, but here's what you're doing. Um, I I just don't like that you're drawing him into this. He didn't do anything wrong, and nobody ever – I don't think anybody thought they were doing anything wrong. No, no, you're right. Well, I don't think Cam Newton – I don't know how much Cam Newton knew. That was Cam Newton's father that was shopping him around, not necessarily Cam Newton. Right. But, so it's the same. They both see, them here's my un- thing. Nico, Nico wasn't being shopped around. He committed early in the process, and you knew he was going to be a Tennessee guy early. I mean, they didn't send Austin Price out to California just for the uh, food trucks. Well, what I mean, I'm they- saying is two both quarterbacks were unfairly be are now unfairly scrutinized from the NCAA. No, here's what, no, 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 no. Here's here's where your comparison is not apt. The, clearly, Cam Newton was being shopped. I knew that before everybody else did. Nico didn't think he was breaking any rules. I mean, they knew they were breaking rules. But Cam Newton, yeah, but what I mean is Cam Newton wasn't shopping himself. His father was shopping him. Like, his father was shopping him from school to school, basically. And so that that's where I met. And by the way, I still... I don't think they did anything wrong. I think Cam Newton, let's call it what it is, Dave. What Auburn probably gave him, we probably think Auburn gave him 80000 right? Yes. Is that not the greatest investment in the history of college football? Yeah. Oh, you get, yeah. No, you spent 80000 I think two. I think $2 million solid. I don't think you're going to be able to do that moving forward. And I say that, Caleb, because I think you're going to pay. I, here's the way this is all going to settle out. You're going to have to pay your current players and some transfers. By the way, Roto22 says over 100 people watching, only four likes is crazy. Come on, hit the like button. Smoky Mountain Red says, reminds me of Juicy. That's right. You remember him? Juicy Locke, who was fantastic. Juicy Locke, the guy uh, who was Eric Locke's dad. Do you remember Eric Locke? Oh, I remember Eric Locke having transferred to Tennessee from Alabama, but yeah. I don't remember Juicy Locke. Okay, Nico's dad is 100%, 180 degrees opposite, 100% different than Juicy Locke. Juicy Locke would just go in Philip Fulmer's office and sit there until he talked to him, which at the time was a violation because it was a non-contact period. So what are you supposed to do? Have security remove him and not speak to him? How bizarro was that time? I mean, to think that Juicy Locke was the most bizarro thing that happened during the former era, and it seems like we get something more bizarre each and every week uh, with this group. All right. Travis says he might unlike it. Hit the like button. That hurts, Travis. All right. So more Nico Cam comparisons that I don't think are good ones. You guys should be excited because what this means is Nico is going to have a historic college football season and lead Tennessee to a national championship while he wins the Heisman. Also, the other part of this is another one. Uh, here's a big comparison, by the way. Here's a huge one. Cam, Cam Newton was on a team that was solid, but not loaded with NFL talent. We agree with that, right? Like Cam Newton was like, so he, he, he there were about six other guys that were probably NFL players. 
Okay, yeah. If any, just by the way, if anybody else is sick of the fact that Caleb's comparing Cam Newton, who's a jack wagon, and Nico, just let me know in the message. How's Cam Newton a jack wagon? He's saying all kinds of stupid stuff about Brock Purdy right now. He's, he's not a good. He, he's not a good analyst. He should. Th- th- this is one of those where like he what should is be he an good at except for being big and running around. He wasn't even a great passer. He was an above average passer. He was I mean, I'm passer glad Lamar Jackson. Got- uh, first half Lamar Jackson NFL, not second half. Um, I listen. I, I just don't. I would want to be. I think that you're talking about the difference between. Okay, I think you're talking about the difference between a Peyton Man and a Ryan Leaf. I think one happens to be good at football because God said you're going to be great at football, and the other works extremely hard at it. I, I just don't. I don't even like the comparison of going there. Oh, I, I think Cam Newton did work hard at it. I think Cam Newton had he had a shelf. You would not. You're right. He needed his athleticism, so he had a shelf life in the NFL because he was never going to be an accurate passer. Just never was going to be. So once he lost his, once he lost his step, you just couldn't have Cam Newton on your team anymore. That I'm bringing up said, the. Comp- that being said, Travis says Rock Purdy might be the tenth best San Francisco 49er. I mean, uh, he really might. He's not. I would. Okay. I would. Okay, I would take Jawan Jennings over Brock Purdy. I keep him. Okay, that's stupid. All right. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I will keep Nick, what about Nick Bosa? Nick Bosa or Brock Purdy? You got to get rid of one. All right, it, it hit the like button, guys. Subscribe. Okay, all right. The, sir, the reason I'm bringing comparing? this all up is because. Okay, I, here's the other thing that Cam was, their family was looking for money when it was dead to rights illegal. You could argue it's illegal with prospects now, but. There's a big gray area. Cam's family knew they were all cheating. I'm not trying to create a 100% pattern here. I'm saying there's three ways they're similar. They are both at the center of an NCAA probe, fair or not, their fault or not. They both are quarterbacks going to a system that you and I both agree they were created in a lab to play for. And they both were on teams. As you know, Cam was on a... You would would agree, Dave, that... um, this Tennessee team that Nico is, he's not surrounded by NFL talent, right? Mm. He's got a few guys, but it's not like NFL talent all over the floor, all over the field, like Alabama, Georgia, LSU. It's not like what Joe Burrow had at LSU. Nowhere close to that. Yeah, where are you going? He's got more talent than Auburn. Do you think this Tennessee team has more talent than the 2010 Auburn team? Offensively, I don't think they have more talent top to bottom. Okay, well, that's where I met. Is what I'm saying is that Cam Newton had to like be that important to uplift the whole team. Whereas Nico would be a similar way where yes, he's got some talent around him, but if they win a championship, it's because Nico, like, don't get me wrong. LSU won it because of Joe Burrow, but Dave, I gotta be honest with you. I think a mediocre quarterback could have won the the national title for LSU that year. I think they just happen to have a great quarterback with that team because they were so loaded with talent. They're not, they're not like, it's like, okay, Georgia, you and I could have won a national title for that 2021, 22 Georgia team. Um, fair enough. Okay. I and got so what it. I mean is Nico would have to, Nico is the first quarterback who would actually have to elevate his team to win a national title the way Cam did. Jameis Winston too, but he's not in the SEC. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I, I just, I, I don't, I, I just don't like it. It's like saying, uh, I mean that, uh, uh, that Caleb, you know, he's got a lot of similarities to the Unabomber. How, how is Cam like the Unabomber? You well, just don't. <laughs> He's just not a good, I don't know. He was just a mercenary. He was just, I don't know. He doesn't do a lot for me. Sorry. 
Okay, you, what do you mean a mercenary? Because he shopped himself around in college when his dad shopped him around. I'm talking about production on the field. Okay. Hemp House, uh, we, we, we talked about Hemp House, the premier hemp dispensary online. Go to Hemp House chat with two T's, but I forgot to say use the promo code HOOK to get 10% off anything. That's the promo code HOOK to get 10% off. How sweet is that? Uh, set me up with today's poll question. What do you What are you thinking? And we'll get that on the youtube page and it'll be brought to you by our friends at apex they do so much they design brand market a one-stop shop for all brands supply products not just clothes uh man they've got it uh, your way and they do it right unique products to promote your business signage promo products giveaways uniforms for your business spirit wear I just go to yourapexapparel.com, yourapexapparel.com, or call Tyler, 865-919-3001, 865-919-3001. So what do we got poll question today? What do we want to kick out there for our loyal listeners that are waiting for a poll question? And I have failed them because it is a uh, moving day. By the way, I do want to, uh, not just coincidentally, but I want to welcome a brand new uh, advertiser to the fold, and that is our friend, uh, friends, uh, Boundless Moving and Storage. Again, Boundless Moving and Storage. I'll tell you about more about them in the coming weeks. But Caleb, what's our poll question? What are we doing today? Whose response to the NCAA was your favorite? Dante okay, Plowman? Okay. Uh, whose response to the NCAA was your favorite? What are my choices here? All right. Obviously, Dante Plowman. Uh, okay, well, you're going to have to wait a second. As a matter of fact, we'll do this during the break. But when we come back, here's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to dive in uh, to a topic that could be scary. It could mean the end of uh, Tennessee having what I think is an upper-level coaching staff because this college football craziness is going to drive some people away. Uh, Travis says Clay Travis. We're not going to include Clay in this. But he does want to raise a bunch of money for Tennessee. So, uh, maybe we won't. Uh, maybe if Clay predicts something, predict the opposite. He's the wrongest man in America in his predictions. <laughs> Two minutes. I like Jackson Lampley because I was just sitting around wondering what the hell is Jackson Lampley thinking? <laughs> Got cataracts. We can fix that. Never miss another moment with a little help from Doctors Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at CCTIs. Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. We believe every day is a good day to be thirsty. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. 
Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. The area of Gatlinburg has so much to offer, and so does Tennessee Cider Company. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10 a.m. Poll question on our YouTube uh, page, so go ahead and check that out. And that's brought to you today by a brand new advertiser on board and somebody great and happy that they want to work with us because I'm working with them right now. This is my moving day as we get uh, back to Knoxville. The hookers are coming to Knoxville. Here we go. And it's brought to you by uh, Boundless Moving and Boundless Moving. You can get a quote at BoundlessMoving.com. It is very, very easy. I can tell you firsthand whether or not you're in Charlotte or the East Tennessee area, they will take care of your uh, your belongings. And that's that's a big, big deal. Just check them out uh, online for their testimonials. They are awesome. They consider you family. And I've already felt that. So what's our poll question? Our poll question is going to be this. Hit the like and subscribe button. Please do that. The poll question is up at the top. So definitely, definitely take advantage of that. Whose response to the NCAA did you like the best? Don Day Plowman, Danny White, Tennessee Attorney General, or Everybody's Voice for the Volunteers, Jackson Lampley. I mean, the easiest one is I don't give two bleeps what Jackson Lampley thinks. I mean, how does Attorney General right now stand tied with Jackson Lampley at 6%, Tonde Plowman leading, then Danny White? But how is the attorney the attorney general is somewhere listening to the show? How did I sink to Jackson Lampley's point? Yeah, particularly when I thought the attorney general actually the uh, the He's, I'm reading he the, took the him to court. The, the yeah, the response is the attorney general's complaint in court, and his exact quote is what I said. He said, "quote The NCAA is thumbing its nose at the law after allowing NIL licensing to emerge nationwide." The NCAA is trying to stop that market from functioning. Boom, boom, <laughs> Jack- boom. Jackson Lampley just went down to the courthouse and filled out a questionnaire. That's all he did. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty. That's essentially what he did. It's the attorney general, guys. It's not debatable. Oh, Jackson Lampley, we're never getting him on our show, are we? <laughs> uh, that's what's what took it to court. We're looking for a replacement for Jacob Warren, but I can go ahead and tell you, it ain't going to be Jackson Lampley. No offense. All right. Uh, Jeff Halfley uh, is giving himself fully to the NFL because it was so difficult to coach in college. This is a real thing and a real. So let's story. let's say who Jeff Halfley coaches for. Or well, I'm going to get there. I'm going to okay, get there. All right. This is a real thing. So he goes from being a head coach to being a coordinator in the NFL. He was the head coach of Boston College. So he took a step down. Now, he may have personal issues going on, uh, you know, but perhaps, um, you know, he, he spends too much time watching Caleb's videos in bed with his wife. I don't know. But the way it reads to me, and based off scouts and coaches that I talk to, it's that coaching in college is absolutely horrendous. What does that mean for Tennessee? Well, they're not going to lose a Joey Hosley. 
and they're not going to lose um, a lot of these guys to the NFL because they're this is viewed on the offensive side as Josh Heupel's offense, which it is. So while Alex Golish would be an example of moving up, they think that he can replicate that offense. You're not going to take that chance in the NFL. Where it could affect Tennessee, what if Tim Banks is like, man, I'm drawing up some good stuff. And I think he is. I think as far as an X's and O's guy, that he's drawing up stuff that's almost as good as Josh Heupel is on offense. And you can call me crazy if you want, but I think it's that good. I just think he's had limited talent. I think he's doing great stuff. Boy, if there was an NFL opening as a coordinator, I'm not even talking about head coach. I'd have to listen because I wouldn't have to worry about recruiting. I wouldn't have to worry about, I mean, goodness, you have to bend over backwards. I don't mean, I don't mean this, Caleb, to be an insult to Keenan Pilly, but you have to bend over backwards and get him money, and he's barely played. Yes, the era of NIL is, we think about head coaches, but it's so taxing on coordinators. But guys, let's be clear about this. Jeff Halfley took a pay cut. His pay, now Boston College is a private school, so it's not as public, but his pay was estimated between two and four million a year. And it's estimated he's going to make a few hundred thousand to be a defensive coordinator. So Dave, he took a pay cut to go take a lesser job because he can't deal with the work-life balance that I think is literally going to cut the life short of college football coaches. No, literally. That is not an exaggeration. I will tell you, there were always two weeks where I didn't call coaches and they would kind of overlap during June. So like some coaches would take the first two weeks. Some coaches would take the second two weeks. You always wanted at least two or three coaches on campus. So they didn't all just leave in max exodus because as soon as you do that, you're going to have like a Georgia situation where a bunch of guys are turning the strip into the Indy 500. I worked in a Georgia shot there. All right, so you have – they would make sure somebody was on campus. But I always knew who was on vacation because it would overlap into the week of the 4th of July, so I wouldn't call them. I mean, give them a break for the love of goodness. There was one story so big one time that I did call one. He didn't really appreciate it. But um, now June's one of the biggest recruiting months out there. When do you take your vacation? When do you see your kids? There is no vacation in college football right now. There's none. And it's a huge problem. Guys, I can tell you right now, as somebody who covers the sport, Dave and I cover it, it it's a little bit straining on us at times now. Because, you know, we typically in the past, December is a time to kind of focus on the bowl game, get our get things together, maybe reorganize things we'd like to do for the show over the next year. Nope. Go to rehab. Last... What'd you say? Do you say go to go rehab? To rehab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly but it's guess what up. it's been a hell of a year guess what we can't even do that in december now that's early signing period it, it's insane and look okay. I, this is but see travis brings up the point I, okay so i'm gonna backtrack because you guys read my minds sometimes dylan says nfl jobs are 100 times better than college football jobs they are I, okay but i would have argued that pre-nil <laughs> I thought they were comparable. There, to me, it's just a personal preference. Do you want to deal with a rich diva, or do you want to deal with a young diva that you've got to c- convince to come to your school? That's a personal preference. Now, since NIL and everything, you're right. It is a thousand times better. But then Travis brings up the point that I was going to bring up. 
if the NCAA gets dismantled, won't that change everything for coaches? Yes. Yes, because you'll be recruiting a smaller number of people. Um, you will, I, I think they'll, they're going to adjust the calendar in some shape, form, or fashion. And I think it, it, it does make things a little bit easier on coaches um, when you have the super conference. I, I, and it leads me to this. Do you think the coaches are for the mega conference? Because I'll tell you what's going to happen is you're going to have coordinators in the mega conference regularly making a million dollars and coordinators at what would be division one and a half in between, in between one and two, if you know what I mean right now, I'm trying to think of one, a one B, whatever um, it would, those guys are going to make a hundred thousand dollars as a coordinator. So if you yes, can't break into that top 32, then you're going to have problems being financially free for the rest of your life. As so many of these coaches are. Yes. Coaches have wanted a mega conference for years. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you this story. This happened in 2013. There was a secret vote taken by all the Power Five coaches, six there were 65 Power Five schools at the time, Dave. You'll find this very interesting. 60 of the 65 voted that they would be in favor of just exclusively Power Five teams playing each other now. And That's so, what I've been telling you. But no, no, I knew the coaches would want that. And they have been in favor for a long time. But I think the reason they were in favor of it, there's a better work-life balance when there's fewer schools that you're dealing with competing against, even if they're lower levels. Now here's the, here's the interesting thing. Now here's where you guys ready. Because, where for college- instance, and just here's why, because for instance, if the Dallas Cowboys are preparing for the Philadelphia Eagles, they know what Nick Sirianni ran the year before and across the board. Is that what you're referring to? Yes. Yes. Okay. okay. And it, and here's, So the interesting thing about this, Davis, here's where I think things could really get bad for college coaches. We need to bring back this NIL talk. With NIL, somebody's going to be left holding the bag with the revenue these players are generating. And it's going to be one of three things. Either, as you and I know, the players will collectively bargain and unionize and they'll spin off football. And then all the other Title IX sports are screwed. That's one option, right? Mm -hmm. Another option is somebody's about to to make less money. I think when the market fixes itself out over 10 years, you will see coaches' salaries in college football reduce significantly because players need to get paid. No, no, no. Which ones? I think at the Power 5 level, you'll see coaches' salaries get reduced, Mm -hmm. even in the mega conference. Do you think the mega conference will make so much more money that it won't matter? That it'll. I think there's a lot of old dudes that are taking home a lot more money than you think right now. I think they could afford it right now. I think everybody on Tennessee's football team could make a million dollars a year. And, um, well, let's say starters, let's say the top 40 or 50 could make a million dollars a year and get by. I think they're taking home more than you think. And you can, you got to remember too, they have to, at the end of the day, if they paid them through the schools, which is what I'm implying, that really eliminates a big issue because you have to, at the end of the day, break even because you're a government funded institution. You can't turn a profit. You can't make $50 million a year. So, that would eliminate that issue if you paid them through the schools, which I think is a big Okay, well, where, yeah, but where I was at was like NIL would – boosters help prop up the coaches' salaries, right? Because they donate to all these other things. That's how you can pay the coaches so much money. That's how it yeah. traditionally has been. Yes. That money from boosters now has to go to players, so more money has to come out of the budget to go to other things. So at that point, I, I, you would assume that 
the, somebody's got to be on the chopping block and coach salaries is going to be on the chopping block at that point. And you would now, think, you would think, but who was the, uh, the Stanford coach? David Shaw. Yeah. He was getting $10 million to coach the Cardinal to three wins. So you would think, but maybe not. I, we got to get to Ron Slay. How's that sound? Love Ron. We love Ron. Two minutes with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Ron Slay coming up next, the former ball. Later in the program, our own T. Scott Jones will talk about this uh, ongoing NCAA Tennessee issues that's in the courts. And we'll get into this. What does Jackson Lampley think? More with Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's your bed. We believe every day is a good day to be thirsty. With free samples on draft and lots of flavors to choose from, Tennessee Cider Company prepares a hard cider that's easy to enjoy. Some say it's the signature cider of the South. Others say it's the cure to your craving. They all say you'll savor every sip. The area of Gatlinburg has so much to offer, and so does Tennessee Cider Company. Add us to your list for shopping and fun experiences. You'll be glad you made the trip. Find our cidery in the Mountain Mall on the Gatlinburg Parkway. Sip smart. Sip the good stuff. Sip Tennessee Cider Company. Thirsty yet? Doors open at 10 a.m. Let's go ahead and get right to it. Ron Slade joins us now. His appearance is brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas, and he's feeling the flow. Ron, how are you, sir? What up, what up, what up, what up? I'm good, man. Beautiful morning down here in the Music City, man. It's finally sunny out. We probably got to wait on some gloomy days. It's time to go get some cars washed today. Amen to that. My poor son comes down from UMass, and it's colder here than it was in Amherst, Massachusetts. But <laughs> By the way, have you ever been to the Basketball Hall of Fame up there? Yes, I have. I, cool went, um, I love it. I love. It. I'm so pissed. I'm pissed that I didn't go when I was younger. Like I'm, I'm like, dog. This is what it's about right here. To see all that history in one room, and to know that it it spills over into high school and things of that nature. Like I went up there and I saw a um um they had a a montage of uh, Oak Hill Academy coach Steve Smith. I, yeah. Hey, I, like, I forgot he went in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, so, it's it's like yeah. super cool. Like the tour and everything. Uh, and they've got a movie. Th- I didn't know they had a movie theater. And I left without watching the Kobe Bryant video. 
Um, but I'm going to go again when yeah. I'm up there. It is that cool. And it's got the thing too. And I know you have big hands, Ron, but I have big hands too. But it's got the thing where you put your hand in like a basketball that yep. the bowls cut out of. Yep. And like he was holding a basketball like just like a tennis ball. It was a peanut. It was a peanut. That's what it was. <laughs> That's what he was holding, dude. Like it's crazy. Okay. Uh, let me ask you this poll question we've got out there uh, yeah. rolling. Uh, and let me get your thoughts on this first. And uh, whose response to the NCAA did you like best? Donde Plowman. Jackson Lampley, Danny White, or Tennessee's Attorney General Office? Man, those are some good ones to pull from. I didn't see Jackson's, man. I'm hot. I miss Jackson. Okay. Yeah, th three are good to pull from. Jackson just went down to the courthouse and said, I'd like to make a statement. I like it. Hey, just go. Hey, everybody put a hand in on this. I, I think you know, like man. that person that volunteers himself to as like to be a part of a conversation that like they never were part of. And like hey, <laughs> hey man, listen, somebody got to do it. <laughs> so my man Lamp Lamp handled that. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Plowman, man. Uh, Chancellor Plowman, she came out guns a blazing, didn't wait, no hesitation, and it was one of those situations. I looked at it as if. You walked into the um, you walked into the class back in the day, and you had to sit up there, and you knew you cheated on your paper, and the teacher knew too, and she wanted to see if you was gonna lie in front about lie in front of everybody, and you did. So she told everybody clear on out, and she pulled out that long wooden ruler and told you put your hand like that. That's what I looked like she did to the NCAA man. I'm with Chancellor Plowman on. Now, where'd you go to school, Ryan? <laughs> hey, hey, we were still getting paddled back in my day, Caleb. We were still getting paddled, man. It was still real. Hey, how about this? I got paddled twice in my life. Okay. Oof. Once in kindergarten, once as a senior in high school. <laughs> Dang, you started how you ended. Yeah, goes, he goes, this is Wouldn't it be really awesome if the hot teacher did the paddling, guys? Wouldn't that have been a little. <laughs> I don't know if she could get no muscle behind it. Man, the pedal, the paddle I got paddled with. My mom came in, took the paddle from the principal, and told the principal to get out and paddled me with the air holes in the paddle. Oh, yes. When I got paddled, the principal says, he literally said, he goes, well, I'm going to take a shot. And because he was excited. I'd finally crossed the, the, the line where I was getting paddled. Yeah. And then he goes, but we got to give three shots for this one. So he calls in another guy that didn't like me, the defensive coordinator of the football team. So you would think that would be the scariest. Uh-uh. Yeah. He called in the baseball. Coach. <laughs> you get a so the baseball man. coach knew just when to break his wrist, and I raised off the tables off. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's let's talk about the balls. Uh, I got pretty excited yeah. excited about the uh, that Dalton Connect kid, and I still am. Um, but ten the rest of Tennessee's team seemed to take a little bit of a a breather uh, this week. What did you make on Tuesday's game? Then we'll look forward. Yeah, it, it it looked like that, man. It um I, I think you know they, I think they when you watch a team like South Carolina, you believe what you're seeing, but you don't believe it till it's in your face, till you go through it. Um I think a lot of people around the SEC are looking at South Carolina as man, they're a good team. They slipped up and caught Kentucky, they slipped up and caught Tennessee. So you're looking at it like, man, they can't get us like that. We'll go out here and play our game and, and get to it, and they don't rattle. They don't rattle. I think they came out, Tennessee came out, and when you saw the first two shots, point blank range, be missed by you do. 
I, I tweeted out immediately, this don't look good. This don't look good. Because you know when you watch a lot, enough basketball and you know how the season goes, you can kind of feel when a game is going to be an ugly game and you would hope that a guy like Dalton Connect can swing it and try to get over the hump. And I think guys were about to get involved in it. Santi made a big-time three. They were about to start the momentum. And then the one um, dark night, Pat Adams got involved and said, no, this won't happen in Gotham City tonight. And you know what he did? Killed all the momentum. Three fouls in one possession. Took all the momentum out the arena and said, South Carolina, y'all y'all going to handle your business. But, man, I did think that, um, you know, the guys did did watch a little bit. And I think it's easy to happen. When you got a guy on the heater, and we talk about in the past shows, the sacrifice the guys are making to get him the ball because he could go for 50. But in order to go for 40 or 50 points, you got to be able to get attempts up. And so you're reaching out and you're, you're passing up shots to get him the ball. You're standing and watching sometimes because he makes it look so easy. Um, but that's something that I think that, you know, it, it was a wake-up call. And I, I think it was at the right time. Um, you didn't lose to um, a Missouri team or a Vanderbilt team, you know, that, that makes it look bad. You lost to a quad one opponent um, at home. And I think you can build off of it. And you get, should have everybody's attention getting ready to walk in the rough. Caleb. Ryan, Ryan, um, I want to give a little credit for a minute because it's I, I know Rick Barnes is a legend. I know he's a great coach. And if you know, if I if my kid were a basketball player and he was going to college, I'd want him to play for Barnes because Barnes develops players so well. However, okay, is it fair to say that Lamont Paris coached circles around him Tuesday night? I mean, coached circles around Rick Barnes. Oh, uh, I, I would I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that to me, but you got okay. So you got to look where I'm coming from. I've been screaming since the matchup before with Syracuse, oh, with Syracuse, with South Carolina, that's a real team. Like, and it's not because of one guy in Michi Johnson. The addition of BJ Mack, the addition of Studi, who was a cast out from Vanderbilt, the addition of Zach Davis. Um, boy, uh, Murray Boyle's getting healthy. Um, like you got some guys that can play, and you got some veteran guys, and then Taylon Cooper, I think is the unsung hero, dog. Like this young man does not get rattled. So as much as I could give it to Lamont Paris, and I'm not taking anything from him, but man, I'm gonna throw it at the players. Like Taylon Cooper did not get rattled not one time. Anytime Zakai Ziegler is pressing you, he makes you play out of whack and not be able to get in your offense. Taylon Cooper, man, Taylon Cooper acted like he was Magic Johnson and almost puts the cow on his heel. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm cool, man. You're not taking this ball. I'm getting this to where we want to get to. Okay, shot clock's running down. Bring it up here. Let's go pick and pop. BJ Mack, you pop out. Let me get on the way to the cup, get to my spot, pull up and shoot. That composure that he played with, I thought resonated throughout the entire team. So I do think, I do think Coach Paris did a phenomenal job of coaching, but Man, I'm giving it to the players. Them boys did not rattle. When every time a, a, a shot needed to be made or UT felt like they were going to get some momentum, they came back and made a play defensively, made a shot. And UT helped them by missing layups and free throws. But you can't – that's that's not getting the asterisk beside it for me. I, I'm giving it all to the players. They outplayed them. Right? They, they, they outplayed them. I don't think it was nothing Coach Barnes could do coaching-wise or anything 
Man, they went out there and beat them boys on the floor without any questions, and they stood toe-to-toe with them and did not blink. In Thompson Bowling, where that defense will smother you without question. We've seen people fold from it. Them boys on South Carolina is a Ron, I think we lost. There. Yeah, Ron, it seems to me that sometimes you broke up just a little bit. Sometimes you sometimes you lose, but sometimes you get beat, and those can be two very different things. Very much so. Very much so. Y'all, y'all got me now? Yep, we got yeah, you. we got you. The only thing I was bringing up with Lamont is I agree the defense was smothering, but that was a scouting report where Lamont realized if we just stay patient, eventually Tennessee backs away from the corner, and that corner three is wide open every single time. I mean, that oh, was uh, – yeah. What was the video, what was the Super Nintendo game or the Nintendo game back in the late 80s where the corner three was wide open from Double the glitch dribble. on the screen? Double dribble. Double dribble. <laughs> oh, yeah. Double dribble. I dominated. That was that South dribble. Carolina game. <laughs> yeah, I dominated the double dribble on Christmas morning so much that nobody else in my family would play me. And the thing I love about double dribble <laughs> is it's the only game that's named after a penalty. That's true. <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? I no, mean, it's not. not- yeah, it's not Madden Face Mask 2026. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and remember, remember the breakaway graphic screens yep. where they slow mo dunk. It looked like we were watching a live version of Double Dribble on Tuesday night. A lot of parents were like, "Just wait, they're gonna leave the corner three wide open." And this is what it was. You, you're right about that, Caleb. You spot on about that. That was patience in them knowing that Tennessee, using Tennessee against themselves, knowing that the defense would load up on one side, help side would come way over, and having the confidence like, okay, guys, when that ball skipped, don't hesitate. Shoot the ball. I don't care who it is over there in the corner. Shoot the ball. And it looked like they're working on it. So you spot on about that, Caleb. You are absolutely right. Absolutely right. Hey, what, at what point – I'm not I'm not dogging Rick Barnes, mm-hmm. but at what point, like Lamont Paris, I got to know pretty well in the Chattanooga area. Mm-hmm. Would you like to see maybe a young up and coming coach that was a little bit innovative, a little bit different? Do you do you ever think along those lines? Because I know you're a big Barnes guy like me too. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do think about along those lines, um, but I, I think more so along those lines. Like I like the position he's in. I just think maybe. He, if you don't evolve, yes, I would like to see it. But I think with the guys that he has on staff, like you have enough youth right there and innovative thinking that they can come up with something. Like I would, I don't know why we don't get to see these guys when you got all these horses press more. You know what I'm saying? I think that right there. And that South Carolina game, the game was played so slow when we're talking about double dribbling and things of that nature. Like Tennessee is best. Zakai's best when he's aggressive, getting downhill. So to me, that's the problem. Um, sometimes I don't think it's getting stuck in your ways, but I think you you get um, you get stuck on what what's worked for you in the past. So do I think um, some new innovative thinking would help? Yes, but he has it right down the bench. Like you got guys that have been involved in the grassroots program. When you talk about Rod Clark, you got Ganey there. Like you got guys that evolve and talk to other coaches around the league and around the country and they know how to get it done. You just got to be willing to accept those things and be like, ah, you know what? This ain't working this time. Let me go this way. Good point. Ron, I want, um, 
so going beyond the coaching to a little bit, one of the things I said to Dave last week before the South Carolina game, I thought Tennessee starters were logging too many minutes. And I just feel like they're only going seven or eight deep. And I'm, I, I, it just, is there a concern that they're getting a little tired and that's where the free throw issues came from? Yes. Why are they getting tired, Ron? But Caleb said it's too many minutes. We talk about depth. Like this is the thing. This is why I said we need to stop talking about depth because there. If there's depth, <laughs> you can't say, "Hey, man, we got a deep team," um, but the pool only goes to four feet. Man, I'm telling you, man, you got a six eight guy over on the side, man. We got depth, man. Get on in this pool, man. You'll have a good time, dude. It's only coming to my waist. What do you mean you got depth? You're not using it. <laughs> so this is the problem. You look at Auburn. You talk about depth. They got 10 guys playing over 15 minutes. That's depth. You look at Kentucky. You got nine major minutes. And the only reason the other ones can't get production of the ones that doesn't allow in a small amount of time. That's depth. You look around the league, man, when you talk about depth, Florida, that's depth. Because they're using nine, ten guys legitimately and making productive plays out of them. You have it on the bench. You saw flashes with Estrella coming into the game. Like, okay, maybe we'll start to see Estrella get in there more. Maybe we'll see Tobey a little bit more. Maybe we'll see Freddie DeLeon who started to get some time and then all of a sudden got that taken away. Um, like, I I don't know. It's like the only people you can depend on coming off the bench right now is Ganey, Jemai Mayshack, maybe Tobey. Yeah, yeah, maybe, but it's like, dude, that's not deep. So that's that's another thing. We're gonna have Isaiah Victor on our show today. And when I was when I was went up there and watched them play in the spring, the first thing I said was, golly, dude, this team right here, it kind of reminds me outside of the front court depth, it kind of reminds me of when when I played, like we had some real depth, but we used it. Like we could literally say, you know what, this first five ain't going and do a platoon sub and bring in five more, and that five looked like they should have been the starters. I think Tennessee has that, but you don't use it. So you don't have it. If you don't use it, you might as well not have it. Like you got to right. get into that. Okay. So why is Rick Barnes not using the depth is my question for Ron. Yeah. His, his appearance brought to you by Dynasty Pools and Spas. He'll answer that question in 60 seconds. Having the best spas made right here in the United States of America in your backyard dynasty pools and spas their showroom is open in athens right off the interstate you can stop by and check out the best hot tubs and spas in the market and delivery yes they can do that's knoxville or chattanooga they've got complete support spa cover and chemicals to keep your spa bubbling at its best they also have pool chemicals as well dynasty pools and spas amazing discounts for first responders military and even some blemish models that can save you a ton and no one will ever notice mention off the hook sports get five hundred dollars off mention off the hook sports get five hundred dollars off dynasty pools and spas go to dynasty pools and spas.com or stop by that showroom in athens dynasty pools and spas.com dynasty pools and spas all right, Ron, so Rick Barnes is an experienced coach. This is a deep team. You saw it. You said as soon as you walked up on the court, first time you saw this group, why aren't they utilizing their depth? Uh, the depth, I think, is young. Um, and I think the problem with it is he 
Rick Barnes has always been a prove-it-to-me coach. You earn what you go get. So through practice is where you're supposed to be able to earn your playing time. If it's not going well in practice, you don't get the opportunity in the game. Now, some people are game time. You know, the lights get brighter. I show up and play type players. You know what I'm saying? able to get it right the game may all of a sudden hit a, sudden hit a switch in its own that guys like um joshua dobbs joshua dobbs wasn't a real great practice player but in the game lord have mercy who else would you want orchestrating a comeback or managing a game whatever you call it to go out and get a victory so i think man at some point when you got guys like cam carr who's a real talent over there Freddie DeLeon, who's a talent. J.P. Estrella, who's a talent. Toby Awaka, who's a talent. Um, you got to get these guys some playing time somehow. I just named four players to go with the other two that's coming off the bench. You look up, that's seven guys able to come off the bench. But you have to get experience in the game playing. If you don't get that experience in the game playing, it's going to be difficult. When you get to the tournament, SEC tournament, you playing day after day, those 35 minutes start to log instead of, just imagine if that was 27 minutes. It'd be different. Ron, it wasn't night and day like you mentioned Dobbs, but I always thought you were a step better in games than yeah. in practice. Not that you were bad in practice. Please don't right. get me wrong. Right. But do, first, do you agree with that? Second, um, why is that? And in retrospect, does it kind of frustrate you? Maybe you weren't better in practice at times. No, I was I was just fine with it. I knew when the lights cut on, I was going to have an extra boost of energy. Um, and in practice, I always thought of, listen, man, I'm in a reserve role. I'm in a reserve role in practice. Y'all know what I'm going to bring in the game. And I don't want to – I'm not going to push my teammates to the edge unless we're playing live scrimmage. That's different. But I'm a – I don't want to – like, I will hurt one of my teammates. And I'm okay with it. Like, I can sit at half court and set a screen on Tony Harris and knock his block off. But why would I do that in practice? So I may ease up in practice on that right there and be like, hey, hey here come a screen to yours. And I really hit him on it. You know what I'm saying? But in the game, in the game, it's on. Like, I don't like these people on the other side. So I get to go all out. It's going to go ramped up a little bit more. And I think that's that's the difference. Like, some people just – are gamers. I was a gamer. Give me some crowds, some popcorn popping, some referees out there, and it's gonna be on. So I was I was different. I was different, no question. But okay. I, I think I chose to be. All right, Caleb. I want, I want you to take this over here, but uh, because I'm gonna get uh, off the rails. Uh the, the one the one player you played with at Tennessee that you wouldn't want to tussle with. It's just you and him at half court. It's uh you know, winner goes home, loser is laying on the floor bloodied. Who who would you who would you not want to go against? Um man, I, I, I don't know if I would like to go against none of them, man. All our players was cutthroat. Like, you did have like, you did I now <laughs> you may have not been the most disciplined group of all time, but you guys had some tough SOB. I, yeah, like I'm talking and nobody wanted to lose. So whether it was gonna be bite or toe off. Cut a throat. It didn't. It didn't matter. Like somebody was not walking out of there, and it would. It didn't matter. Picking up things. It. It was no. CJ. I, man. CJ Black was one of the quietest guys on the team, and he'll do whatever to win. Throw you through a glass backboard. You know what I mean? Trip your mom going down the steps. It didn't matter, man. Like we had some. 
cutthroat guys on our team, but everybody was brothers, so we was cool when we was together. <laughs> no, I remember after the Charlotte game going back in the locker room and Tony didn't want to talk. Tony, yeah. Harris. And I went around and Tennessee Sports Information, I guess, decided to take the night off. So, <laughs> so I went back because you had to get a quote from him. Yeah. And he looked at me and I thought to myself, you know, that look alone overcomes the hundred pounds I have on him. He could probably beat my rear on the spot. So I'm just going to cruise out of this area and we won't have a quote from Tony. in this. No, nobody wanted to talk after that dog. It was, we were all looking around. I remember sitting down in the shower, looking around like, dude, who's going to be the first to talk? Cause whoever going to be the first to talk, we all going to gang up on him and be like, Hey man, what the hell? You know what I'm saying? So it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who is the who is the uh forward guy that uh played White? Was his name White? Okay. Ron, I listened to a um I actually listened to you on a podcast a while back and you explained what happened with that team. Apparently, the minute y'all tried to get disciplined was the minute it went off the rails. You lost your edge, apparently. We went downhill. <laughs> we had a team meeting, dude. Team meeting to get everybody together, like quit partying, like let's lock in, let's do extra work, this, that, and the other. And we went on one of the biggest, I would say, debacles in SEC history to me. With that, well, I, I, you all had a lot of team meetings to get things <laughs> that year. I, uh, I do remember Roddy White though. That was his name, right? Yep, Rodney, Rodney White. Yep, Rodney White. Okay, uh, I remember this was like one of my worst journalism moments. Is I'm sitting there recording him, and I said, "I've got my recorder." For those not looking on our uh, video platform, and I said. Uh, you guys seem pretty confident. And he goes, yeah, we, we're, we're confident. We feel like if we play our best, good things can happen. I, so I hit stop, put my recorder in pocket, and he goes, and I'll go – he thought I was still recording, and he said, I'll go ahead and tell you, we're going to win. Mm-hmm. He was a cocky dude. What yeah. are you doing? <laughs> nah, so I um he, he made it to the league. Um, Me and him became actually cool friends, man, because we when we were both in Italy at the time. Um, and we had a mutual friend in Joby Thomas. Joby Thomas played on that team, um, number 31, uh, white shooter, white kid shooter, man, could shoot one of my best friends. I just did a podcast with him, and we were talking about this. So Rodney White, man, played a long career, probably about eight years in the league, um, came over to Italy, got some money, was had the same game. We talked about them times too, you know what I mean? So it was, he was he was going out of his way to make a prediction, and I accidentally hit the stop recording button. But yes, you should have uh, played that, Dave. That would have we needed that that fire lit. We I, well, right, wait, what happened? When honestly, what did we never asked what the players thought about this? Because we always hear about what the fans thought when Jerry Green told the fans to go to Kmart. Yeah. When you guys heard that he said that, what was going? Were y'all just like, oh my god, now this is just going to make things worse, or did you kind of feel like let's rally together with it? No, nah, we honestly thought like, man, dude, he got us, he got our back. Like that was, we was like, hell yeah, that's okay, that's what's up. Coach Green finally coming out saying something, and he's he holding us down, like, cause we, man, you gotta understand, dog. Like you going through ups and downs, and we trying to get it right. You know what I mean? It was just something that wasn't clicking. T. Harris was hurt. Like you were hearing a lot of outside noise. We were expected to do big things. You had different guys emerging. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was almost a, a situation we had too much talent. You know what I'm saying? Like, because mm-hmm. hey, you you would be looking over your shoulder. You probably deserve to play 25, 30 minutes. But here I am, look, got Isaiah Victor looking over his shoulder. Marcus Hayslip is a damn lottery pick that can't get off the bench, but doing everything in practice. He got Hathaway looking over his shoulder. So it's, 
it was almost too much talent, man, in, in a sense, man. That makes a lot of sense. I never thought of too much talent. Uh, what, but but you guys may have had that. Okay, what do you make of Kentucky? Um, mm-hmm. and, and what are your thoughts on this matchup? Kentucky, really good team, man. They don't defend like they should. Um, and depending on, I saw DJ Wagner and Justin Edwards set out last game. Uh, they're 0-2 without DJ Wagner. I think he's a guy that you talk about handle the lights. He handles the lights. Reed Shepard is a phenomenal player, but it's different when DJ Wagner is running the point. Him and Dillingham and Shep- Dillingham and Shepard get to play off the ball and come off the bench and don't have to be thrust into that um, starting role. But that seven-footers all bring something different to the game. Um, I think when you've had your biggest troubles is when you have a big man that's giving a do trouble. Um, and, and, you know, they've been able to run off. They got three seven-footers and they got Terrence Mitchell who can go get butt, go get busy. Um, it's going to be uh, – you're going to have to hit the boards hard and you're going to have to get back in transition because when they get out and open run, from three to anywhere, to be able to control the team. And I think um I think the Vols can go up there and play. They should have their attention. Dalton Connect should be hard to handle. Um, but I think the other guys have to go and play their ball, aggressive style of ball, in order to go get a victory. For whatever reason, I feel like this is a guaranteed win. I just feel like they bounce back. I, <clears throat> I feel like that too. I feel like this is the, the perfect storm going through why. it. And then let yeah. me tell you this too. I think it's something to be said for the youth of Kentucky not seeing what it is to play older players. The reason South Carolina had an opportunity to beat them, there's some older veteran players. The reason Florida had an opportunity to beat them, there's some older veteran players that don't get rattled. Tennessee should be able to be doing the same exact thing. And I think that's when you see Kentucky have a little bit of trouble when they have to slow down, think a little bit, and not just free-fall play. You know what I'm saying? Ron, you're well, the man. Ron, the yeah. house nowadays, isn't it? <laughs> Hey, dude, the last 20 matchups, 10 and 10. So all this, uh, the little kitty cats, I don't know what they're talking about. Like, it's big blue madness and all that. Y'all can shut all that down. Have a good weekend, buddy. I appreciate you as always. Ron Slade won the only. And uh, coming up, we're going to dig more into this, um, the, the whole situation, how this gets to be a legal battle about NIL T Scott Jones is going to join us from Banks and Jones. Uh, Ron's appearance brought to you by our good friends at Dynasty Pools and Spas in Athens. They got the showroom and they deliver, and the show represented by T Scott Jones at Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney, play to win. And Jones, well, it's because they're Tennessee's trial attorney. You can play to win with Banks and Jones because they'll go to trial. You've heard of other lawyers. They say they'll go to trial and fight for you. They won't. They just want to settle. That's the easiest way out. Well, that's not Banks and Jones, led by T. Scott Jones. They won't settle. They'll go to trial for you. Tennessee's trial attorney. They play to win. Truly, Tennessee's trial attorney when it comes to criminal defense or personal injury. Why settle? Banks and Jones. T. Scott Jones. Banksandjones.com. All right, let's go ahead and bring him in now. T. Scott Jones joins us. Hey, Counselor, guys. how are you, sir? Oh, fantastic. Fan- I was I was enjoying listening to Ron there. I mean, you know, talk about going up there to Rupp, Big Blue Heaven, you know. I mean, that's uh, proud of my balls. Well, yeah, and but, but between you and Ron, man, there's a guest lineup on this show like no other. 
<laughs> well, I tell you what, you know, he just sort of set the stage and, you know, perhaps they, they, they won't listen too much to what I've got to say, but, uh, you know, hopefully we give a little bit of knowledge. Okay. I want some knowledge because I was yeah. texting you last night and I was writing a column about how this whole NIL thing gets into a legal matter. So for those that maybe don't understand, they just realize it's going to court. What is Tennessee fighting for in this situation? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, the NCAA kind of threw down a gauntlet there and we're sort of in this brave new world with NIL and you start looking at the various decisions and what we're uh, expected to know or not know about it. Uh, I, I personally don't think Tennessee did anything wrong. I think that the NCAA and what they are attempting to do is uh, very, very oppressive under the circumstance. And I mean, you know, we, we introduced this money and these NIL cooperatives in there so that these young men and women could receive some recompense for their participation as student athletes. And then we're, we're just going to kind of, you know, loosey goosey, you know, start changing the rules midstream. I mean, it, it's, it's tough to play a game when you don't know the rules and it's not not knowing the rules because you're ignorant. It's because they don't exist. I mean, it's kind of the wild, wild west. Yep, agreed. Caleb? Yeah, so I, I wanted to ask, it seems like there's two, I, we talked about this yesterday, there are two fronts Tennessee's fighting on. The university is fighting in the sense of what you were talking about. They're like, these rules, we didn't break any rules, and you guys are changing the rules on us. What are we supposed to do? But then the state of Tennessee and Virginia are fighting on a different front, which is to say, these rules are just straight up illegal, aren't they? Which right. is that it's a blatant violation of the Antitrust Act, isn't it? And is that do you think yeah, they? Have I mean, you know, it, it is basically extracting the teeth out of the NCAA. I mean, you know, for years and years and years, they were kind of the, for lack of a better term, dictator. And you know, if you wanted to basically play at that level and have your university participate in it, you didn't have any other choice. I mean, they were a monopoly. And so, I, I think that's what you're seeing out of these lawsuits because I think we're seeing sort of folks and particularly states, sick and tired of being dictated to by the NCAA. And if it was something where they were being reasonable and saying, let's have a round table and let's put some rules in place or something of that nature, and we're going to grow and learn, it's just kind of like they're an ugly arc. They're just kind of slapping the gavel and saying, hey, this is it. And, you know, this is what we're going to do. So I think you, you're, you're right, Caleb, as far as on two fronts that, uh, you know, the, the, the state's saying, you just can't do this. And I mean, these individuals, when we gave the individual athletes the ability to contract with these NIL cooperatives, I mean, that contract is going to, in my legal opinion, trump the NCAA relative to those rules. I mean, there's certainly certain things that, that can't be done, which would be obvious. But as far as that contractual right that that individual athlete has, that right, in my opinion, is going to be held, you know, at a higher level than this NCAA, just kind of unilateral, hey, we don't like what you did, so we're going to drop the hammer on you. Let me ask you this. Uh, T. Scott Jones uh, joining us with Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorney, played a win when it comes to personal injury or criminal defense and take care of you. Like, I worked that in there. Yeah, that was, that was kind of good, you know. I mean, the, my ego, did you see my head kind of swole a little bit? That's right. Like, <laughs> um, does, does age matter at all. And I think I know the answer to this. So if, if somebody's a savant at 14 years old, they can go be a professional piano player or that sort of thing. I mean, the fact that he's younger and he's not yet a, 
a college football player. He's a high school player allegedly taking a private flight from California to Knoxville. Does that matter? The age part matter at all, do you think? You know, I, I think that's a little bit of a red herring, Dave, uh, simply because, you know, we, we've had, if you will, savants, athletes that are just tremendous at a young age for a long time. And so I don't think they ought to be treated any different. I mean, you kind of wonder where the NIL stops, i.e., you know, we're talking about in college athletics. But, I mean, you know, kind of take it to the nth degree. I mean, are we going to see it evolve into high school sports? I mean, then is it going to be middle school sports where kids are getting contracts or something of that nature? But, no, from the, the standpoint that I could see some protections being put in place simply because when someone's not the age of majority after uh, the law changed at 18 in the United States, that something to preserve that money, you know, but other than that, as far as the ability to contract, I don't think so. Hmm. Is it, I, go ahead, Caleb. I've got a, I got a follow up to this, but go ahead. So speaking of that, um, you know, we're talking about the players rights and the antitrust act and things like that, but oh, it, is the, it's something that could be dangerous for the players. I want to ask, which is this, is there really even any way for the NCAA to step in and say we need to regulate these collectives? Because what happens if a collective locks an 18-year-old in for a really bad contract that, you know, they have to, like, pay them a certain amount of money, like, even after they go to the NFL? Is there any type of regulation that can happen on that? Or is it just, look, NIL, it is what it is, and you just got to be smart about it? I think you might see some state legislation on that, you know, when we see that type situation occur. And you know what I was talking about, you know, when we have a youth, you know, under age 18, technically they really don't have the ability to contract. So they're going to have to have a parent with a power of attorney uh, or, you know, a guardianship or something of that nature. I mean, it is, it's going to be uh, interesting. It's going to be an evolution as we see kind of the rules come up. I mean, you know, Courts have long been uh, want to not enforce uh, contracts that are patently unfair, and especially when you're dealing with someone underage. But, you know, two grown individuals, be it men or women, they negotiate, they sign a contract. Um, You know, I I don't know that they wouldn't hold that as being enforceable unless it was just something patently illegal with regards to it. You know, uh, where you've got – the, the amount of money being made off of the athlete and the compensation that they see uh, actually see at the end is so small, you know, something of that nature. But I do think there's, there's going to have to be some um, rules put in place. I just don't think the NCAA is the one to put the rules in place. Yeah. I, I th- you've hinted at this. I, I, I think it's the end of the NCAA if Tennessee wins. Yeah, I, th- I think so, too. I mean, you know, it, it is one of those uh, situations, and you know they're going to fight. They're going to fight tough because, I mean, reality of it is there's a ton of money, and folks fight when there's money involved. And in this particular situation, I think those contractual rights, as I mentioned earlier, they're going to trump sort of the omnipotent NCAA coming in there at the last minute and saying, hey, we, we don't like this flight. We don't like that. Let me ask you this, and this is going to take a second to explain. So uh, in 2022, I was visiting with Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, and nobody had asked him the time frame of when some of these rules might be put in place and implemented. And I said, well, what kind of time frame? He goes, well, Congress has the midterm elections to worry about now. And then they've got the actual election in 2024. And I'm like, 
whoa. So you're ta- you're not talking about weeks or months. You're talking about years. So I have a problem with Eli Drinkwitz in Missouri being able to sit in the room and being part of a negotiation when you can't do that in other states and right. you can't in Tennessee. So could a conference like the SEC or Big Ten enforce a set of rules across the board, or does it ultimately have to come from the legal system? I think it's going to have to come from the legal system. I mean, you know, you can cooperatively agree to a set of rules, you know, when you join the SEC. And if you want to bind your institution and agree to those rules, um, I think that those member universities could. I don't think they can be constricted as far as rules that are now coming up that were not in place when they joined the league. So it's going to be, um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's, there are so many questions out there that, you know, way more questions than there are answers. And I think we're going to gradually see it go uh, where we get some clarity, but just like what you mentioned, we've got different States with different rules. So I got a present for you. You want to see it? Sure, absolutely. All right, check this out. Caleb, you, you'll get one, but you're going to have to pay. All right, so. What? Okay. <laughs> can, we, can we make, can I make that a little bit bigger? Can you guys see that at all? Uh, Well, I can see it's a shirt. Notice okay. I put my glasses on. It's a, Yeah, uh, we got the shirt part. The state of Tennessee versus the NCAA. Absolutely. Yes. Do you love that shirt? or do you, that's, I do. That's I mean, like, that was awesome. Yeah, play to win. Like the, I mean. I, you know what? I am proud of the state and I am proud of our university for not sitting back and basically, uh, you know, being a limp dish rag and saying, you know what, NCAA, you're going to clean the floor with us. Oh, mercy us, mercy us. I don't think they did anything wrong. And I think they took the tact that I think is appropriate under the circumstances of just calling them out. And that's what happened. I mean, and, you know, it may have been one of those situations that the NCAA didn't think that was going to happen, especially given our just recent history with the NCAA in which basically we self-policed. I mean, I liked what Donde said when we talk about, you know, Tennessee takes care of business. They'll report themselves if they've broken a rule or something of that nature. I mean, we don't need to have just uh, rules randomly foisted upon us. And I, I, I'm proud of Tennessee for that. Amen to that. Uh, we, we're proud of the relationship and very happy with the relationship we have with you. Thanks so much for your insight, even on uh, legal matters on the show. And when I've got a question, I can reach out. If, if anybody has any issue with uh, personal injury, criminal defense, they need to keep you in mind. Thank you so much for what you do with the show and have a blessed weekend. Take care, guys. See you, Caleb. See you, Dave. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Yeah, the, the picture wasn't big enough. I was a little bit dis. Oh, I accidentally got rid of Caleb. There's Caleb. All right. Wow, Dave. Wow. So you can't see who likes this. Uh, who likes the shirt? Can Can you see the shirt? Is there a way? I know what it says, but it's 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 it. You're gonna have to magnify it on your side. You're the one who has the, who has, who's sharing the screen, not me. What about now? It's better. It's better now. Yeah. Can you see exactly what it says then? No, I can just see like the. But I, I get the gist. It, it's it's going to be impossible to show what it says from this angle. Okay. I, it's you got to take the it, L, Dave. Tennessee <laughs> versus it's Tennessee and Virginia against the NCAA. We'll have that shirt available on our merch store. Do you all like it on the message board? Can you see it? Because uh, let's just say I got a lot of hooker shirts I want to be giving away. I don't want to be giving away a lot of these shirts. 
<laughs> say that. Oh, but uh, I see what the first person that says that's an awesome shirt, I'll hook you up with one. But you gotta, you gotta be able to see it. All right, he's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation. Uh, Mead Drinker likes it. Thank you, Mead Drinker. I think this is an awesome shirt that takes the world by storm. Uh, for Caleb, I'm Dave. Have a fantastic day, morning, evening, weekend, whenever you're watching. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports.